0: This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. What's the
1: very best day to launch a new project or take on a big task? Timing is everything. Research reveals key dates when your odds of doing well are higher. We'll talk to an expert.
0: If you pick the right date to start something, particularly behavior change, you actually have a fighting chance to make it a little bit more successful.
1: Then... Acceptance of marijuana use among Americans has skyrocketed in recent years. A recent study explains the changing attitudes toward the drug.
2: We were trying to unravel what both contributed to the change and also what maybe didn't matter that much. We found three things
1: that were responsible. Those two stories and more are straight ahead on this week's show. InfoTrack begins right after this.
0: InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting.
1: You've heard the saying, timing is everything. Recent research seems to back that up, suggesting that certain days are better for starting something new. With more, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Roy? Thanks, Chris. We're talking
2: with Daniel H. Pink. He's the author of numerous books about work, business, and behavioral science, and his latest is called When, The Scientific Secrets of Perfect Timing. So, Daniel, everybody knows that timing is important in many decisions of life, both large and small, but most people don't know that there's a science of timing. You write that there are 86 days in the year that are especially effective for making a fresh start. Tell us about that.
0: Sure. Sure. One of the things that we know is that all dates in the year are not created equal. Certain dates are what researchers call temporal landmarks. So they stand out in time the way that physical landmarks stand out in space. And so they get us to slow down, assess a little bit. But they also have this peculiar form of mental accounting that they trigger. They essentially get us to open up a fresh ledger on ourselves, relegate our bad selves to the past, and have a fresh ledger for our new, remade, better behaving self. So what does this mean? This means that people are more likely to start a diet and therefore continue it, or more likely to start behavior change and more likely to continue it on say a Monday rather than a Thursday, on the first of the month rather than the 13th of the month, on the day after their birthday rather than six days before their birthday. And so if you pick the right date to start something, particularly behavior change, you actually have a fighting chance to make it a little bit more successful.
2: Interesting. You write that afternoons are bad for certain things, such as standardized tests and even surgery. Why?
0: Oh, man, yeah. The big idea here is that our own brain power, other people's brain power, doesn't stay the same throughout the day. It changes. It changes in significant ways. It changes in predictable ways. And so we do not perform the same throughout the day. And one of the best examples of this, as you say, is education. So there's an important study out of Denmark looking at two million Danish standardized test scores. And what they found is that they randomly assigned students to take the test at different times of day. Students who took the test in the afternoon versus students who took the test in the morning scored as if they had missed two weeks of school. Now That's pretty amazing. If the kid had taken a test in the morning, she would have scored higher. Taking a test in the afternoon was equivalent to missing two weeks of school. We see this in some other research on elementary school students, where taking math in the morning versus taking it later in the day leads to more math learning, higher grades, better test scores. One of the most intriguing and in some ways alarming examples of this, as you say, is in healthcare. I basically have stopped going to important doctor's appointments and avoiding going into a hospital if I possibly can in the afternoon because the evidence is overwhelming. Let me give you some examples. Anesthesia errors are four times more likely at 3 p.m. than at 9 a.m. Doctors performing colonoscopies find half as many polyps in afternoon exams as they do in morning exams for the same population. Hand washing in hospitals deteriorates significantly in the afternoons. Doctors much more likely to prescribe unnecessary antibiotics in the afternoons versus the morning. And so, again, our performance and other people's performance does not remain constant across the day. It changes. And if we know how it changes, we can avoid disasters like the ones I'm describing. But in our personal and professional lives, we can do a better job of doing the right work at the right time.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask about work schedules. Is that kind of the same thing as we're discussing? Afternoons are bad, mornings are good, that sort of thing?
0: It depends. You know, it's not as simple as that, unfortunately, because a lot of it depends on what's called our chronotype. So some people are morning people, some people are evening people. That's not just folklore. There's a whole field of science behind that. And so what we know is about 15% of us are very strong morning people, about 20% of us are very strong evening people, and about two-thirds of us are in the middle. And what we know in general is this, that people move through the day in three stages, a peak, a trough, and a recovery. Most of us move through the day in that order. About 80% of us move through the day in that order. A peak early in the day, a trough in the middle of the day that we were just talking about, and a recovery later in the day. And our brain power changes in each of these periods. During the peak, that's when our brain, our capacities, that's when we are most vigilant. And vigilance means we're able to bat away distractions. So that makes it a good time to do work that requires heads down, focus, and attention analyzing data, writing a report, analytic work. During the recovery, which for most of us is late in the afternoon and early in the evening, we're actually less vigilant, but we're in a pretty good mood. And so that makes it a good time for things that require mental looseness, things like iterating new ideas or brainstorming. And so what we should be doing is we should be doing our analytic work during the peak we should be doing our insight creative work during that recovery period and during this trough period we should be doing our administrative work things like answering routine emails. now again for most of us the peak isn't early in the day the trough is in the middle of the day the recovery is later in the day owls the 20% of us who are strong evening chronotypes it's very different owls reach their peak much much later in the day into the evening, often well into the evening. So the owls out there should be doing their heads-down analytic work late in the day. Unfortunately, a lot of work schedules, as you suggest, don't accommodate owls very well at all.
2: Many people live and die by their to-do list, but you recommend taking a break
0: list? Well, what we know, again, in the science is that breaks matter more than we realize, that breaks are part of our performance, and you see this in a whole range of different fields. What it stills to is this, that we should be taking more breaks and we should be taking certain kinds of breaks, particularly during that afternoon trough. And the kinds of breaks we should be taking are breaks with other people. So social breaks are better than solo breaks. We know that breaks where we're moving are better than breaks where we're stationary. We know that breaks outside are generally better than breaks inside. And we know that breaks where we're fully detached are better than breaks where we're only semi-detached, where we might have our phone with us or talking about work. And unfortunately, in the day-to-day maw of work, we often will neglect a break. We think it doesn't matter, we think it's better to power through. And the best remedy for that is literally to schedule a break. Schedule one or two breaks in the afternoon. Put it on your schedule, treat it with the same reverence with which you would treat a meeting. And I've started doing this and it's really paid off. So I might put down on a given day, three o'clock in the afternoon walk break. And I would just take literally a ten minute walk outside, come back, it improves performance. What we have to think of is we've sort of gotten seduced into this idea that the top performers power through. The top performers never take a break. That amateurs take breaks but professionals don't when the truth of the matter is it's the exact opposite. Amateurs are the ones who don't take breaks. Professionals take breaks.
2: Daniel, is there one thing that jumped out at you as you researched your book that maybe was the most surprising thing to you about timing?
0: I was surprised by how much our brain power changes over the course of the day, and it it prompted me to redo my own schedule and to take advantage of that peak in the morning and that recovery period later in the day. I was also surprised how important endings are in how we remember things and on our motivation. So this book, more than any other book that I've written, had a big effect literally on my day-to-day life and how I do things.
2: Daniel H. Pink, the author of When? The Scientific Secrets of Perfect Timing. Daniel, do you have a website?
0: I do. It's Dan DanPink, dot com.
2: Well, thanks for joining us today.
0: All right. Thanks for having me.
2: And for
1: InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, acceptance of marijuana use has soared, but why? That story, coming up. Stick around, there's more InfoTrack straight ahead.